Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Dunk You Very Much, October 1st, 2017, Sunday evening here in Taipei, Taiwan. This Ooh. is Taiwan's number one NBA podcast in the English language. Sam Yards with my co-host, Matthew Von Ryan. The big news today, or this weekend, was Russell Westbrook signed in that extension to stay in Oklahoma City. Bang. On media day, he was asked, why haven't you signed it yet? He said, I haven't had the time yet, but what he means was he didn't find the perfect time, which was to sign it on Kevin Durant's birthday. Have a cupcake, Kevin. Have a cupcake. <laughs> Cupcakes on Russ this year, $205 There's million. no way that's a coincidence. Oh, not a single no chance. Way. Yeah, no, that, that, that $205 million can buy a lot of cupcakes. That's all I'm saying. That's and a the lot balls of... on that guy just like wait, wait it out, just wait for the perfect moment. Beautiful. Everyone ask him, when are you going to sign it? I'm going to sign it. When are you going to sign it? Absolutely. I'm going to sign it. I'm going to sign it. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Kevin Durant, like, I'm sure he knew when Kevin Durant's birthday party started. You know, like, <laughs> pool party in Vegas, 3 p.m. Like, all right, 301, I'm signing that. 301, bitch. I'm signing that. Names on the line. That's fantastic. Good to be here. We love wrestling. Super excited for uh, today's podcast. Yeah, this is a big one, guys. We're coming back at you with our uh, our NBA over-unders. Uh, our last podcast, if you missed it, we covered uh, the entire Eastern Conference. That was a two-parter, uh, and I imagine this one might have to go two parts as well because the West is where it's at. And that's what we're doing right now. We're doing the Western Conference of the NBA, the over-unders for these teams. Yeah, I'm excited, man. This, this is going to be a long one, but uh, we'll, we'll try fun. to zoom through the, the teams that haven't done too much. No no shots of the fans of these teams, but you know yeah. we do want to spend more of our time. There's on, a lot of meat to get to. Uh, and, on the teams that are really going to make a difference. And a quick yeah. refresher if, uh, if you missed the last podcast. So basically what we've done uh, is we've taken the over-unders for every team in the NBA um, and uh, the Vegas Lions as of this weekend. And uh, what we do to make it a little bit different to our little gimmick that we like, the twist that we like to put on it is that Matt and I both, we have to choose every single team, the over-under. But what we're allowed to do is we assign each pick a confidence rating from one to three. One meaning very little confidence and three meaning a strong pick. Those are our locks, the ones we believe in the most solidly. So at the end of the year, we add up not just the total number of over-unders we guessed, correct or incorrect, we guess our confidence rating and that becomes our final score to help us tally and find out how we did. Uh, so for example, if you think that the Dallas Mavericks at 35 and a half are gonna go uh, over, but you're not too confident with it, you might give them an over of one. If you're for sure thinking that they're gonna lose this year, they're going under, you might give them an under of three. So that's kind of our gimmick. We encourage you guys to play along. This is a fun one to do with your friends. Make a pool together, throw in, you know, 10 bucks, 100 bucks each, whatever you guys got lying around, uh, and make it a season-long thing that can kind of fun to follow follow with. Yeah, or add some punish punishment to make it a little more interesting. That exactly. Way too, and right? what is our punishment, Matt? What do we have uh, on the line so, this year? We have an accruing punishment list that's going to accrue throughout <laughs> the year. Whenever someone's getting too cocky, we're going to pressure the other one to double down or to increase the bet some way. But so far, right now, the winner gets to not drink a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Basically, I, yeah. I know you probably think you misheard me, but no. The loser has to buy a bottle of whiskey, not for the winner, but for themselves. For themselves. They need to drink 10 shots of grouse in two hours. Yeah, not just any whiskey. The famous grouse, the sponsor of our NBA trivia pod. Another must listen if you didn't get to it. Uh, quite possibly the most disgusting uh, whiskey in the world. By the way, we're going to run a caption contest. If you send, yourself, uh, you send us a picture of you drinking along to our trivia pod, we will mail you a bottle of famous grouse from Taiwan. That is from Taiwan. From yeah. Taiwan. You show it'll, your friends. It'll have all the Chinese have, lettering. It'll have weird Chinese letters on it and shit. It'll be disgusting. You, once you get it, you'll understand how terrible this is. So anyway, that's our that's our stakes. And um, technically whiskey, but 
It is technically a whiskey product. I think it's classified as a whiskey, whiskey product. product. <laughs> it's like a tangentially whiskey. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and like I said, last time we broke down the Eastern Conference. We had a lot of fun in that one, but uh, I have to admit the, uh, the Eastern Conference does not have as many great teams to talk about as the Western Conference. So um, let's get into it. Without further ado, let's start to break down the Western Conference. We're going to go through the Western Conference alphabetically. And the first team on that list... Uh, is not that interesting. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks are the first team on the list. Um, to recap, last year they won uh, 33 games. Mm -hmm. Their over-under this year is 35 and a half. Uh, ESPN.com projects them with a roster capable of winning 35 games. So uh, right, almost at that number. Almost right at that number, yeah. And we see a lot of this, uh, this, this, this correlation here. A lot of these are really, really close. Talk about their offseason, Matt. What happened? Any, uh, any big moves? Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really lose anyone. They lost DeAndre Lick. Ligands, they didn't really add anyone. Their big, you know, headline uh, offseason move was Jeff Withy. <laughs> Jeff Withy <laughs> and the failed negotiations for Nerlens Noel. This was a guy yeah. they traded for thinking he might be the center of the future. They couldn't agree to a deal. Apparently, there was a deal on the table. Uh, Noel scoffed at it. They yeah, north back of, it. just north of 70 million, right? Over yeah, a four years, four years, 70, 70 million. million. He thought he was a max player, even though that's pretty close to max. He thought he needs uh, every dollar. Yeah. Young man bet it on himself. And the, apparently the Mavs pulled it off the table pretty quickly. Peace, no. Happy Walters, his ex-agent, said uh, sometime in July they were waiting for a real offer. So apparently their second offer was not even close to their first offer. Interesting. And he uh, signed with Rich Paul, known for getting his players the money. Get that Except money. On this occasion, he got like, about 4.5 qualifying offer he'll be unrestricted free agent next year so they didn't really add anyone they just kind of uh i think kind of fumbled the ball a little bit on this extension i don't know what do you think do you think he was worth that four four years 70 million or i mean that's a lot of money to put in front of a young man who hasn't um you know has not really delivered in a winning way on, on teams yet and seems rather offensively limited when you're looking at a player who really um aside being a, an athletic rim runner a dunker and finisher in the pick and roll which is certainly valuable in the modern nba and he can't protect the rim which is so he has at least two elite nba skills um which is you know for a, a modern day center is certainly worthwhile uh there's a chance that um you know that, that there is a team out there that's going to be willing to offer him the max in the future I would worry about the situation with the cap, the way that the, the cap exploded over the one year and it's, um, whether or not it continues to grow. It certainly will not do so at the same pace. A lot of other outlets have talked about this. You know, these teams, um, you see players who have player options that a year ago you would have assumed they would have not have picked up looking for that new deal. They might be picking up that deal, you know. Carmelo. Yeah, Cantor. Uh, you know, like he's like 18 <laughs> yeah. million. Yeah, I think he's, he's picking up that option. And uh, so it's interesting. It's an interesting move by the young man. I don't know if it's going to be one that he looks back on. But at the same time, uh, you'd hope that if he can play big this year, if he can prove himself to be still an elite rim protector and, uh, and maybe even prove his finishing, that maybe a similar offer at least hopefully will be available there for him. So I don't know. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, my policy is always, as a person who will never be in a situation, <laughs> just take that first, like, just do two years, $30 million. Just And now you have $30 million, you're set for life. Yeah. Anything else... After that, it's just gravy, right? Like, yeah. why why risk being rich so you can be richer? Like, I, That's I, would, interesting, I would lock man. it up first. But. Yeah, because I think just think about just do the math. So his the qualifying offer was what around five million. So even if next year he received a four-year, $70 million offer, that means that's five years of $75 million. Right. The other way he could have done it is to get four years, $70 million, and then the year after that contract expires, you got to assume he would sign for bigger money than the $5 million. So to the, 
by accepting that lowball offer, you not only turn down the 70 million, you now need to, in your next deal, make so much more than 70 million to make up for the, you know, what was it, 10 million a year that you've given up this year by not taking that 70 million dollar offer. Yeah. So uh, it, uh, it's, it's, I mean, he's betting big, he's betting really, really big on himself. Uh, and you know, the NBA players have a limited time to make all the money they can. I understand that. Certainly, you gotta, you know, get set for life. But seventy million seems like set for life for me. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, back, so that's a lot to, more about the Mavs than well, I thought we'd get into. But yeah. But um, we actually haven't even got into them. So yeah. Back to the team. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that their draft pick, Dennis Smith Jr., is uh, high Ooh, on everyone's yeah. board. He looks interesting. Potential Rookie of the Year candidate, but look at that in our NBA Futures odds. Also, potential build around this player. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a team that I had a lot of trouble with. 35 and a half, that's a two and a half games improvement from last year. Yeah. You know, are they going to try to win for Dirk? Are they going to try to build around Dennis Smith for the future? You know, I really just don't know. No. Uh, I'll just go first. I, I think 35 and a half, I think they have a lot of talent on this team. I think they can yeah. go over. He just... I really don't have much confidence, so I went over confidence level one. What I'm the same. Do? I am the same. I'm also over one. Mm. And talking through it now, actually, especially you know with mentioning Dennis Smith, um, I actually wish I'd been a little more bullish on them. I'd like this is a team I'd like to. Uh, I really like the the full season of Harrison Barnes and Wesley Matthews of having both those yeah, guys. they're both legit players. Gelling together mm-hmm. after a year, and then that's that's shooting. That's a, that's really really good shooting. And Dirk. You know, he's certainly not the, the mobile floor spacer that he once was, but he's still a floor spacer on the offensive end. There's going to be a lot of, uh, of driving lanes for Dennis Smith, who's an explosive ball handler. He's going to have a lot of turnovers, and he's going to struggle. Rookie point guards always do. it would be really interesting to see whether um, Rick Carlisle kind of lets him off the leash a little bit. Notoriously um, short-tempered with his rookies, Rick Carlisle, not known for having the longest leash with the young players. The problem is, besides J.J. Barea, they really don't have much point guard depth. I mean, mm. Seth Curry and Yogi Ferrell way overachieved last year. No one yeah. saw that coming. And, you know, is that going to continue? You know, they're still pretty young guys. They're, they're prone to make mistakes. So I think, he, you know, he might not have a lot of choice, and he might see that Dennis Smith is the future. But, uh, yeah, yeah. it would be interesting to it's see. Gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting to see what, what they will do with that in the future. I mean, on paper, you know, the, the Dirk... Uh, Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews trio around an athletic rim-running finishing center with a young, uh, explosive driving point guard. That I mean, the offense makes sense. It does. You've yeah. got shooting around an explosive big and a and a, and a ball handling playmaking point guard. Um, the thing is with rookie point guards, it's always you know TBD. You always got to yeah. wait and see. So I wish I'd actually been a little bit more bullish on this mm. team. That thirty-five and a half, only three wins more than the previous year. Yeah. They've added a player. They have a full year of of, of Barnes and Matthews to kind of gel together. Unfortunately, Barnes and and, and Matthews not the greatest injury history uh, between those two. You can add Dirk to that. Yeah, <laughs> Dirk. Yeah, Dirk is t- uh, tweeting out. Uh, Zach Love is retweeting some of his. Uh, like the the mummy returns <laughs> things, you know, mummy because he's all taped up and he's out there, you know, basically shuffling up and down the court. It's amazing what, that he's still getting it done at the age and then the size that he's at. But uh, for me, this feels like a stay away because is it Dirk's last year? So let's go all in for him, or mm-hmm. is it Dirk's last year, or you know, whatever, second to last year, mm-hmm. and let's give him more minutes than he deserves. Yeah, a la Kobe. Oh, you know, interesting. Like, like where the, Kobe shoots his team out of the games. I don't see you know, Dirk like, being that kind of player, yeah. No, but, but I mean, if he's getting 25 minutes a game, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's, he's just too stiff to play defense. Interesting, If his yeah. offensive numbers drop a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, he's just he's kind of on that edge of efficiency. But like, Barnes and Matthews are both are both rangy, you know, long defenders. Uh, you know, like, I, I like... Uh, I, I like the makeup of this team. I just think that you've got Barnes and Matthews. You win all in on these guys with big contracts. I don't think... I don't see them tanking. 
No. I don't think you have the uh, the pieces. You know, those, you get you have too many good young players to tank. Right. Uh, and so they're gonna try to win games. They're gonna have a rookie point guard. You're probably right. It's probably in the end to stay away, though. I've I've talked myself into feeling a little bit more bullish on them. Uh, but Thirty-five and a half wins. Sam and I, our rules: you have to make a choice. Got to so choose. We both chose over one. Both chose over one. Yeah. On to the next. Excellent. Good. Ah, oh, this one. This one. I love the Western Conference <laughs> this year. Man, it's so this much is fun. fun. This is fun. Our next team uh, going down is the Denver Nuggets. Les Nuggets de Denver. Yeah. Uh, Last year they won 40 games. Their over/under this year is 45 and a half. A six-game jump to make that. Wow. ESPN.com projects them with the roster capable of winning 47 games. 45 and a half is that over/under. Talk about their off-season because that was busy. Yeah, they lost Daniel Gennari, Roy Hibbert, Mike Miller. Of course, they added the the, the big prize in uh, Paul Millsap. They also traded for Trey Lyles, and they drafted Tyre Lyde. Leiden, who people like, not sure how great he is. Uh, another move that I did not like was they, they re-signed Mason Plumlee. You just hate the Plumlee, too, and the anti-Plumlee. Four years, $50 million. It's a lot of money. In September, when there's no money out there for him. I don't know who's bidding against him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so obviously the big move here is they added Paul Millsap to what was already a young and exciting team. Yeah. What are your first thoughts? I, I know you love this team. I'm, I'm loving this team. So, um... I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the big off-season moves we saw. We talked about this a lot in our Eastern Conference preview, and I, and I don't at the at the risk of repeating myself. In the Eastern Conference, you have three play, playoff teams who lose franchise players. Yep. The Hawks lose Millsap. The Timber, uh, sorry, uh, the Bulls lose uh, Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves, and uh, the Pacers lose Paul George to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, all three of those teams are expected now to precipitously drop out of the playoffs, to, to, to plummet. And you can see that reflected in their over-unders, which are well under. Conversely, the teams that acquired these players are expected to, uh, expected to do much better. If you look at just the over-under projections, not, to, not to, to spoiler alert right here, the Timberwolves are expected to win 17 more games than they were last year. Oof. The, uh, the Thunder, before the addition of Carmelo Anthony, were expected to win at least six more games than they were last year. So why is it not the same with the Nuggets? Why am I not seeing... Uh, my argument is this. If we're seeing the same... We predict that the Eastern Conference teams losing these players will affect all three of them equally in that they will all drop off and become terrible. And the other two Western Conference teams who added those stars uh, in Paul George and Jimmy Butler are expected to go up enormously. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you also include the Denver Nuggets in that? And so I love this team for the under. I love the addition of Millsap. We've talked about this before. I think he's a perfect power forward to have next to young Nikola the Joker in the middle, a guy who should flashes all throughout the second half of the season. The team that definitely, you know, I mean, we talked about the, the beginning of last year. Nikola wasn't even in the starting lineup, you know, yeah. obviously. Nurkic was blocking him. They had a, a Farid as well, kind of a log jam at the, at the front court. Uh, they figured it out that they need to get that young man the ball and get him in there, and he delivered. Uh, multiple triple double doubles down the stretch. He was just killing it. Um, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, both exciting players. Uh, they do not. They have they have questions at the point guard for sure. I mean, I, I would assume Jamal Murray would be kind of slotted in, and he's not a, a true point guard in the traditional sense. But when you have a playmaker like Nikola and a and a and a and a, and a 
uh, a four like Millsap, who's a, who can move the ball. He's not a ball stopper. Yeah, I don't see a lot point. of ball stoppers on that offense. I don't know if you need a traditional point guard. You know, you need a guy who can bring the ball up the court, get it to Jokic, and he initiates the offense as kind of that point center. Uh, and he was dishing out tons of assists, probably the best passing big man in the league today. I love him. I'm over three. I'm all the way in on the Nuggets. I love this team. I see him as a, as a top five Western Conference seed. It's a lot of confidence. Didn't you also predict that Moutier would be the most improved player this I year? I said he would be in the running for most improved <laughs> players this podcasts. year. That was, that was remember, that, was remember that, just getting out our bad ideas. Was that before or after the grouse? I forget if there was any grouse involved in that one. It's usually a little grouse. I was high on Moutier. Yeah, no, uh, yeah it's, that's, that's a rough one. And yeah, those, those were my words, and you feel free to throw them back at me. Oh, sorry, uh, did I jump? Oh, you already spoke about the offseason. What do, you, what do you feel about this team this year? Sorry, I just talked a lot. Well, is it? No, I mean, this is a team you really love, and I wanted to give you a platform to make a case because I'm uh, not on the same page as you. I think it's interesting, Real GM, uh, they, they list Jamal Murray as the starting point guard. Mm-hmm. That's not, um, not what I expected, but I think if he can be your point guard, then, then you're really building something towards the future because then you're, you have depth at every position, especially the front court, man. This is embarrassment of riches. you got Millsap, Jokic, Plumlee, Trey Lyles, Hernan Gomez, Tyre Lydon, which people like, mm-hmm. Kenneth Farid, and Jarrell Arthur, who's always been an underrated, like, serviceable, like, he Absolutely. could be your second dude. Mm-hmm. And he's listed sixth as their power forward. Yeah. So they have way too many guys. And so- when you see this kind of front court depth, uh, so not, not to interrupt, I mean, doesn't, to me, that seems like that they maybe have moves to make. The fact that they added Trey Lyles, they can get better, yeah. Farid's name has been tossed around in trade rumors for a very long time. He's been a guy who's been uh, talked about. I see, you know, maybe maybe a guy like him, you know, an aggressive, uh, you know, a, a, a 2017 small ball forward, offensive rebounding machine. I could definitely see a team uh, in need of rebounding help. Boston <laughs> Celtics may be making a move for that guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, so interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, if there were any questions at point guard, I think you have a lot of assets you could attach, you know, maybe to a young guy like Moutier, Mm-hmm. And then some some proven power forward and get a, a better player at point guard maybe Reggie, possibly yeah Reggie Jackson or something like this so uh, I think they they have some interesting upside but Sam I'm sorry what was their win record last year they I, won forty games last year they won forty games that was good for the ninth seed in the Western Conference the ninth seed mm-hmm. now they're predicted to be about the fifth seed I I just don't see it I'm taking the under and I've never I've never seen anything from this core group I, I've I watch them a lot. They play the Blazers all the time. Yeah. We trade with each other. They have Will Barton. We they traded us Aaron Afalo. We yeah. traded them Plumley for Nurkic. Like the, these two teams, uh, yeah. I know very well. I love the addition. It's kind of like it's kind of like, the, it's kinda like a Nets uh, Celtics relationship. Exactly. You know everything about the Nets. <laughs> I, I know a decent amount the, about the Nuggets. I just I don't see one player joining a young team and making them a non, making them go from a non-playoff team to the fifth or sixth seed where people are projecting them. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it. I want to see it before I believe it. So mm-hmm. I'm going under. And Sam, you ready for the biggest possible disagreement we could have on this podcast? Yeah. I'm going under three. Under three. Under 45 three. wins this or less for the Denver six, Nuggets. Barely over swing. 500. I just don't see it. Like, again, like, you could say, so the Wolves add Butler. They're going to win 17 more games this year. The Thunder add Paul George. They're going to win six more games. We'll talk about that when we coming up in a little bit. They're, th- they're going to win six more games. And and the, the Nuggets I, and Millsap are not getting the love. Um, I love this team. I, well, I love Jokic. I, I, I'm high on them. So it would be great to see. I'm well, so excited to watch them on, on, on League Pass. To go back to your original question, why is this team not getting the love? Like They, they acquired an all-star 
Is it just because he's quiet, because he's underrated? Like, you know, there was a, a big profile piece about him last All-Star game, how, mm -hmm. like, he's like, I, I don't want to take pictures and, like, play around. I just want to, yeah. like, ba make bank shots and get rebounds and box yeah. out. Like, yeah, box out. Know, even in the All-Star game, yeah. he, he's, like, a weird dude. Like, in the All-Star game, like, he's the only guy playing basketball. Everyone else is, like, you know, there for the fans. and like. He yeah, just, he's taking 10-footers. <laughs> he's like, no, I got this out. Why would I drive for the dunk? I got the open 10-footer. He's <laughs> yeah. knocking down. Knocking players down. I think he was, I think, uh, in, I think he's been overlooked his entire career. At first, he was in Utah, not a high-profile player in Utah. Already not a huge media market. He moved to Atlanta. Signed not, a really low contract. Another team was not very, even that 61-win team, though, they got a lot of love from the b-ball nerds, the Arnovitzes and the Lowe's. Uh, they never really um, made it, you know, they had that big national presence, even though he was one of the four, the famous, when they famously sent four players to the All-Star game uh, from that 61-win team. He was one of those four, obviously. Who? He was with Horford the entire time. And then, uh, sorry. Yes, so, sorry to interrupt, but who from that big four do you think does get the, all of, like, the, the praise and the credit for those wins? I think, uh, I think Horford. I think Horford really? dominated a lot of that spotlight. Yeah, as an addition to Boston, I think he was seen as, like, the big, a big piece, a big addition to Boston. Tim Duncan Light, you hear that all the yeah. time with Horford. That's high praise. Tim Duncan Light, best power forward of all time. Light, that's fantastic. I do hear that a lot, but Horford's also a little bit underrated. I, when mm. I think back to those times, I remember Kyle Korver. Or, mm. like, yeah. He is this weapon that no one could stop. Like, Unguardable. Off, yeah, exactly. Came off screens, yeah. shot a huge percentage. Yeah. Like That's kind of who I remember, even though he was... If I remember correctly, he was the last guy to make the All Star team. Like there was I think some, so, yeah. There was some injury thing, or he was. He was I think the a, last minute, guy a minutes thing in. too, and just so you know, look at his like when you look at his his, his raw numbers in terms of how much he actually touched the ball. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty it's pretty pretty short period of time, like right. ninety seconds per game. Cause he's just catching and firing. You know, he's like he's not creating. Uh, I mean, I, sh I, sh I don't need to spare it. He does, when you come off screens and, and hustle and work like that, and you and you put the hours into your footwork, you are creating for yourself. But at the same time, he certainly more so than the other players, I feel relied on the structure of the team and the plays and the and the sets that uh, that Coach Bud was putting in than the other players. But yeah, I would I think that's fair. I was gonna say Corver number two. I'll say Horford and then and then Corver and then Teague and probably probably Millsap last. He's just he's just one of those like he's like Mr. Gray. He's kind of like the bland guy, but he he fills stat sheets consistently. He does he does it on both ends of the floor. He's a, in 2017, I think he's ideally suited to play the four, especially next to a guy like Nicola. And I, a lot of this pick is because I'm really high on the Joker. Yeah. I uh, know. I think that, um, you know, I think that he, like, I, I really like it when players, like, come on very strong when given the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. And he, like, a lot of people forget, like, he was coming off the bench at the start of the year. So people look at his overall season and say, you know, you didn't hear from him out the gate, and they and and for the first half of the season they struggled and, and and vastly underperformed. He was coming off the bench for a significant stretch of time. They were trying to play him as the four next to Nurchik at the five. Those two guys on the same court together um, in 2017, it made no sense. You know, it just it just didn't work and, and until they finally kind of gave him the keys. And then it took off, and now you can you know YouTube Nikola Jokic passing highlight reels. Did you see him today? I did. I, I, I only caught the. Game. I only caught the uh, the garbage time preseason minutes. If if there's anything that's not garbage time in preseason, <laughs> it was just something floating around on Twitter. Uh, he caught it. He, he caught a pass kind of in the the middle of, uh, just middle of the restricted area, mm -hmm. like right at the the top of the little half circle, mm -hmm. and just no look through like 
lobbed a, a, a weak lob over his right shoulder, just barely went over his shoulder, <laughs> and there was some some dude cutting through and just grabbed it and did a under the hoop land. Just, oh, it bang. was just amazing. Just like I'm gonna watch it, that. It, it wasn't <laughs> like it didn't whip it to me. Just like it really just it was a soft lob, just. No looks yeah, over his shoulder. Just he's got really, he takes really interesting angles with his passes and really he's got instinct. He's, style, yeah. he, he knows that guy's going to be there because he probably looks, he looks to pass, you know, he gets the ball, he looks to the, the corner three. Mm. That dude's not there. Well, he must be behind me. Here you go, yeah, here you go. Here you go, Gary or, 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 or Will, Wilson or Will Barton, yeah. Yeah, someone kind of anonymous, but, uh, yeah. so, okay, I got one more question for you and then let's move on. Yeah. So, it is a little bit weird that Paul Millsap, a, a proven veteran, would go to this young team. Like, I, as far as like their their franchise players, they're all really young. Mm -hmm. They do have a lot of veteran players, like you know Wilson Chandler and Kenneth Farid, but their their core are all on their rookie contracts. Like, yeah. why did he go there? I never really heard a, a great answer for like why did Paul Millsap go there. I don't know. I think what. You know, he obviously got the max from them, so they had the room to give him the max. Um, that's interesting. I, 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 to be honest, the, I don't know, so I'm, I'm immediately speculating. Um, Millsap's, all of Millsap's contracts have been a little bit mysterious. Remember, so Atlanta got him for that a, initial deal. Like two years, 18, thirty million. That's two years, eighteen. Two years, eighteen. Years, 18. It, was it was super under market. Everyone's like, he's a max player, and he yeah. signed a two-year contract. It was ridiculous. It's very strange. So uh, the the workings and and and, and what his. What makes him tick? Again, like not a guy that we read a lot about or see profiles on a lot, or really know what makes him move. But um, definitely a team that I, I cannot wait to watch this team. Uh, mile high. I mean, they, I think they have one of the few um, really interesting home court advantages too, playing up in Denver. I um, love it, man. Yeah, and it makes it exciting. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, great. And a, a fun, a fun. Uh, not to step on uh, Zach Lowe's corner, but a fun, a fun like uh, arena to watch too. You know, I like the, I like the colors. I like the sky blue. I like the, I like, the, I like the, the home uniforms. I like that. That's a, they're a fun one to put on. The, I guess the blandness of the Eastern Conference teams is kind of yeah. exciting. Yeah. I think it was like podcast fourteen or fifteen. You guys got to go back and listen. We did uh, overrated and underrated. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I thought was underrated are trick plays because trick plays always work and they're they're fun. They're exciting. <laughs> and they, it, Let's the other team like never feel comfortable, huh. and I think uh, I want to see a, a Denver team really use their elevation as an advantage, like yeah. faster than the Suns, just play ridiculously fast, just yeah. always running, like pump uh, oxygen into the visiting locker room. So then when they come out in the court, they really notice the lack of oxygen up there, like something like that. Something yeah, like this. I like that. Or that might like, be. That might be. Or sneak a couple like track stars on your team just <laughs> yeah, just, just, just for like a couple of minutes every game. So just every rebound you get, you just chuck it, just, <laughs> just throw it. Yeah. You know, hail mary pass down there. Hire that guy who's the, a... who plays the freeze for Atlanta. <laughs> have you seen that guy? No. He wears like an all blue skin suit, and he they, they uh, yeah, he lets I... the other guy have like a halfway head start. They race around the outfield okay, wall, okay. and then he, he catches them like every time. He's like a track star in Georgia, nice. and he catches them every time. Just hire that guy. Hire the freeze out there in a blue suit, just running, just sprinting full court every time. Just like when the other teams, like yeah, just when when their starters are on, if you can just tire them out for a couple minutes every yeah. game, like whoever the 
opposing point guard is has to guard this track star. Just he's doing a Harlem Globetrotter thing when they're just yeah. passing back and forth, but they're just sprinting. And uh, or at least, at least, how about more? Easy. How about more? I don't know if we talked about this in your trick play. More fake timeouts. You know, when the team come up, oh, yeah. they go call the timeout and they start to walk towards the bench. This is my number one recommendation. Yeah, go to the fake timeout and then boom, just cut right to the hoop and then like yeah, more fake timeouts. Do it like five times a game, and even sometimes, <laughs> and, 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 and even sometimes you do it and the coach calls the timeout. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. the worst thing that happens is like. You're sprinting towards the basket, and someone's running. And they're getting a little yeah. bit more tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah I go. like that. Poke holes in their hyperbaric chambers. Good. Yeah, Nuggets, one of my top it. teams to watch. We spent a lot of time, and we are as we disagreed as we can be. I'm over three. You're under three. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a, a big swing in our season long rankings. It's gonna it's definitely gonna affect who's drinking the grouse come the end of the year. I think it's gonna be you. Um, moving on to the next team in the uh, in the Western Conference alphabetically is Just, a big one: the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Golden State Warriors. Um, what's, what's really interesting about them is their number. Yeah, their number. Let's get this number. Their number. And actually, actually, I don't. Do you off the top of the head? Do you remember how many games they won last year? This is one I don't have written down. They're over. They're they're last year. I believe they were seventy games last year. I don't. Wanna... I'll just look it up right now. Sixty-eight or seventy games. Uh, their over under is. Oh yeah, I would say you said seventy. I thought seventy. Yeah. I'll yeah. say sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Okay. Um, their over under is sixty-seven. And a half, and I also don't have their um, ESPN projection. The reason is we didn't um, when we were doing our earlier podcast. Uh, in, in terms of our wins pool, we weren't allowed to choose Golden State for our wins pool, so we did. Uh, we did not have the cheat code team. Yeah, yeah. last year they were sixty-seven and fifteen. Sixty-seven and fifteen. Okay, so they were at sixty-seven last year. Uh, I mean, this is a team where, like, the ESPN projections are based on individual talent. I don't think the ESPN projection would even matter. This team. Clearly has the talent to win 82 games, but, you know, to eventually schedule and tiredness will make them lose a few. 67 and a half is their over-under. I didn't really have a lot of thoughts about um, them in terms of the over-under this year. Certainly a lot of thoughts about their relevance in the context of league history. Talk yeah, about well, their offseason. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the only key player they lost is Matt Barnes. They also lost two household names, Ian Clark and James McAdoo. Mm -hmm. They're household names because they were... Uh, on TV all the time, they were in the, you know, they played and won the championship. But these are players that uh, I expect will be out of the league pretty soon. They were just uh, getting the perfect situation to shine. Mm -hmm. But what they added was pretty amazing. Omri Caspi signed for the minimum. They got Nick Young. They also bought Jordan Bell, an yeah. Oregon Duck player. Is a 35th pick. They bought him from the rebuilding Bulls. I don't know why the rebuilding team would sell the 35th pick. <laughs> But this, yeah, we this don't need play, a shot like, blocker. Let <laughs> them make all the shots. <laughs> I watched him all year in Eugene, and he is and he is so athletic and springy. He's kind of like a Nerlens Noel, but like seems to appear to like basketball a little bit more. And <laughs> he actually enjoys and, playing basketball. And is willing to like you know dive into the stands. But he's big. He's bouncy. He you know he doesn't do much on offense, but he's really good at screening and moving. He's not like a a, a, a dude who just clogs the lane. Yeah. He's always moving. And in a system like Golden State, oh. I think this dude's going to come in. I think he's going to be way better than Ian Clark or McAdoo were as uh Oh, certainly, yeah. McAdoo, rookie McAdoo was barely playable down the stretch, and, and, and certainly in the playoffs. Yeah, Jordan Bell looks looks like the real deal. I mean, uh, yeah. like Yeah, so if you actually look what they lost... That's the luxury of being the Warriors, though, you know, is that the fact that you can ignore whatever weaknesses are in his game and just totally appreciate from his benefits, because... Yeah. You surround him with players who can do everything. <laughs> who can shoot 35-footers. Unconsciously, so, yeah. You can just do whatever. Just... You can play your game. So they lost, they lost Matt Barnes. They added Omri Kasperi and Nick Young. 
that's, that's like the basic takeaway of just like looking yeah. at their roster right now. So this is a team that got better. Yeah, I would say they improved. They, yeah, they improved, yeah. And uh, you got to remember the, the last year was the first year of Kevin Durant yeah. kind of integrating into that offense, learning how to play with those particular players, getting with those guys. Um, this is one, um, this one, I mean, I, this is one, a, a team I absolutely love. Are you going to be quickly revising? I don't know, the red pen's coming out. Oh, shit. Do we say this is legal or not? <laughs> I, 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 thought we had a, I thought we had a good doubt. The, what it was on the paper, what matters is what you put down on the podcast, the words out of your mouth, okay. which is why I'm going to go back and change my, my Dallas Mavericks. No, I'm sorry. Um, the Warriors, uh, I'm sticking with where I'm at. Um, I'll start because I feel like you, you, got, you got some moves you want to make right here. 67 and a half. I went over with a confidence level of one. Not because I don't believe in this team, but because when it comes to going for the, like, the season, like wins, loss, record, they've been there, done that. This team, you know, they had that shot at, at that particular brand of making history. Now we're talking about four straight NBA, uh, you know, uh, NBA finals. We're talking about two in a row back-to-back championships. We're talking about two championships for Durant. Durant's got to be smelling that mantle of best in the league of 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 what two championships back to back means for his case as one day maybe being the goat uh, when you talk about him being the, you know a pretty young man himself yeah. already with two champions in back pocket and the chance to add you know potentially more down the line with this team I think this team is going to be laser focused on the playoffs mm-hmm. I think they're going to be deadly um, I think that the regular season they're going to work some things out they're going to they're going to they're going to roll some teams almost without trying to but um, 67 and a half wins is so many wins. I just don't want to go a higher confidence level. Not because I don't think that they're capable of doing so, but I just feel like they might not have in- the incentive to do so versus resting their players, uh, especially on certain, you know, certain parts of the schedule and, and being focused on the playoffs. What do yeah. you think about this team? Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention at the top of the pod, we want to add more things to our bet. Our bet right now is pretty interesting, but we want it to be more exciting. So yeah. please... Tweet us, Facebook, yeah. leave a message in the, in the podcast. Give us some ideas. We're open for punishments, rewards. We're yeah. down to spend a little bit of money or lose a little bit of uh, <laughs> pride. You know, yeah. we're down for these Whatever things. it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I did forget to mention that. So I was going to change my pick, but uh, I won't. I, I'll, I'll say the same. I'm sticking with your guns. I like that. The reason why I really wanted to change is because I, I, saw, I saw they uh, also signed Chris Boucher, another duck. There's a oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's approximately one Oregon player in the NBA right now. It's Aaron Brooks, and he spends the first half a year in China every year. So it's <laughs> pretty exciting to see two Oregon players on one team. But I think Chris Boucher would probably not actually make their roster. My my original prediction was under mm. confidence level three. Because wow, I I think this year they're they're really gonna coast, and I yeah. think I think they they don't have that that uh, the thing on the shoulder. They don't have. This uh, this thing driving them to you know we're the super villains and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I think they just they've, they've proved it all, and I, I, don't, I don't see them being better than they were last year in yeah. the regular season. Right. And last year they won sixty seven games, so I don't see them improving. So yeah. I like I like the under, and I feel pretty confident about. It. I think they're gonna gonna give their their uh, the rest of the roster a little bit more playing time, see mm-hmm. more more Livingston, more young. Which I'm never a fan of. Problem uh, is, those guys in that system are good. The problem is, you know, give them that time. Like Nick Young can hit threes. He can hit threes, and like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost like one of those those good players have to stay on the the court. So yeah, no, I, I see. I like where. You, yeah. I just I don't see them improving from last year. Right. I think they're gonna try less hard. So I I like the under, and if you're gonna if 
you're gonna go for it, you might as well go all in. So I'm, I'm going under. Under by three. three. So wow, this under. is two in a row where we have a potential a potential six point swing and then a potential four point swing between the Nuggets and the Warriors. Very very interesting. Yeah, I only went confidence level of one on this because um, I I like them at 68 wins. Mm. I like them to win one more game. I think that they are going to they're going to certainly try to lock down the number one seed, which means they're going to definitely be going out and trying to win games consistently. They might have some competition this year. And they might have some competition. There's, there's some teams that I like who, who, who could potentially win some games. I think by the end of the regular season, they will have locked down. But I think that even just by rolling out their starters for three quarters at a time, they're going to win games just by accident. Again, like the big thing, I think that the theme of the offseason has, um, has been two things. The consolidation of super teams mm-hmm. and the transfer of high-level talent from the east to the west. Yeah. Those are the two kind of themes of the offseason we've seen play out time and after time. Kevin Durant's pettiness. Yeah, Kevin, and Kevin Durant <laughs> releasing hideous shoes with weird words on the bottom. Uh, and, and having secret Twitter accounts. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. What a, yeah. a petty individual. I, I want to change this to under three. No, no, no. No, no. Um, no. Uh, the... The Warriors, uh, I think they're not going to be able to help winning a certain amount of games. Uh, but because, uh, when I say about that, in both of those cases, the talent moving from the East to the West and the consolidation of super teams, I think is actually, people talk about how great the West is. I think that the West, from top to bottom, isn't as good, isn't as competitive as it was last year. Because I think that the top half of the Western Conference has gotten much better and is going to be, and I think certain teams are going to be way better and then the, the teams that are at the bottom half of that playoff picture might not be as good as last year. And so, um, whereas before you had, uh, you had nine or ten team races for those playoff spots, I think that the, uh, the top, I think that Golden State is going to cruise against more Western Conference teams than they might have previously. Yeah. And, uh, and against the East, it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. Especially if any Eastern Conference team goes to Golden State. Like, what do you think their home record versus Eastern Conference team is going to be this year? <laughs> What would you, it's gonna be pretty good. It's gonna be. It's gonna be like maybe a hundred percent. You know. Yeah. Maybe hundred percent. I do think the the way the West is kind of shaped out. It's it's interesting to see if any of the the two to two to four teams could catch Golden State in the regular mm. season. You know, like just just blitz the league by threes or like know, our next team on this. Yeah, going on yeah, tear. Yeah. Yeah, with a lot of threes or just uh, just a lot of talent on the the court. Mm. And then also from five to ten, I think that's really interesting too because. I think these teams are really even. You know, you look at yeah. like Minnesota to uh, to Portland. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, how big is the drop off? Like Memphis, Utah, you know, all these teams. Like, yeah. you can make a case for a lot of these teams. So, yeah, I do think there's kind of like two tier. Well, there's three tiers, but it's interesting to see if uh, yeah. any of the top teams can get into Golden State's tier, and then what happens from the the bottom tier because. You know, one of these teams that we think, yeah, maybe they can compete for the playoffs, they're probably going to have some injury bad luck. One of yep. these teams, and they, they could go completely the opposite way. Yeah, or could just, get real you know, squirrely, or yeah. Or just whatever. Someone gets arrested, or there's some PR stuff. Like, yeah, you does. know, things could just, just spin out of control. Fast, yeah. So. They, their alternate social media identity gets them covered, and they slink into a, a season-long depression. And they, wow. uh, yeah, that's just wild. Uh, so yeah, the Warriors, uh, yeah, interesting team. Uh, another big disagreement. That's very cool. I love that for our pod when we have uh, different thoughts on these teams. Again, we haven't seen each other's. Um, and in the Western Conference, this is the gift that keeps on giving. This is like a never-ending Christmas stocking. Um, the next team is the Houston Rockets. And let's make this the last team of the, our first part. Here. Yeah. Um, the Houston Rockets. Uh, Houston Rockets, last year, they won 55 games. Uh, ESPN projects that they are capable with a roster of winning 55 games this year. Their over-under is 56. No half games either way. 56, one win better than last year's record and the ESPN projections. 
56 wins for uh, the Houston Rockets. That's what I have on, on my tech. Uh, talk about their offseason. Yeah, so I mean, I don't I think... Mean, I, I don't how think, much time you got? <laughs> I don't think any team really traded out their roster more than Houston. Houston gave up a lot of we their depth. increased our risk profile. <laughs> <laughs> they got some cash considerations. <laughs> 2.0. So they lost Patrick Beverly, their starting point guard. Sam Decker, rotational player. Montrez Harrell, rotational player. Lou Williams, their sixth player, sixth man. They, of course, traded these four players for Paul George. Or sorry, uh, Chris Paul. Hey, <laughs> good Scott Paul, man. One year of Chris Paul. They also signed... Uh, Umba Mute and nicely done, Umba Mute, nice. And uh, PJ Tucker. So these are their their big moves. So they yeah. lost they lost four players. They added Umba Mute, Chris Paul, and PJ Tucker. And shout out to Joe Chi. Joe Chi, yep. Joe Chi, one of the few. Of China. Uh, yeah, China out of the uh, out of the Xinjiang Guanghui. Uh, uh, I think they're the Sharks or maybe the uh, maybe the Bulldogs. I'm not sure. Could be the dumplings. But, Could uh, be the dumplings. <laughs> apparently, he's gonna play this year. Uh, Joe's gonna. Joe's gonna. Yeah. Joe Chi is gonna be playing this year. Joe's gonna get some go. Joe's gonna go. It's interesting. He only has two names. Chi for three. Chi for three. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. All the Joe Chinese, to the whole. Yeah, all the Chinese players choose to like yeah, like uh, Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah. They, they, that's interesting. That, that's interesting because in, in we live in Taiwan here, uh, and uh, and Taiwanese people have Chinese names, and mostly they're three syllable names. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I wonder. Joe, I think, is certainly his family name. Yeah. Joe is a family name, same as Yao. Yao is a family name. Right. Uh, so in in Chinese, the family name comes first. Uh, so is whereas I'm Sam Yarborough. In, Chinese lesson for the day. In English, in, in Chinese, I would be Yarborough Sam. Your family yeah. name comes first, followed by your personal name. Uh, so imagine they're leaving out probably the middle character. Um, I don't. Yeah, that's interesting to see why. Maybe they think white people can't handle three sounds. <laughs> they already got to do it. If it's two foreign sounds, it's fine. Yeah. So his name is spelled Z H O U, and the Z H is written in a in a form. It's called Pinyin, which is uh, romanization. That basically means you use English letters to write Chinese sounds. Uh, Z H makes the J sound. O U sounds like long vowel O, so it's Joe. And then uh, Q I for his last name. Uh, Q makes the ch sound and i by itself makes the long vowel e sound which is a little confusing but chi you can imagine chi if you do tai chi something like that yeah so yeah, exactly. chi. so if you want to sound smart with your friends bring this guy up just like oh this guy's a fantasy sleeper or whatever but just just keep bringing up the name joe chi people who you mean jiao kai quiet you mean jiao kui jiao kui zhou kui his name is uh Joe Chi. It's actually pronounced. No big deal. I listened to Taipei's number one English podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No big deal. But uh, there's your Chinese lesson for the day. So and uh, look, look, James Harden, y'all, my fun. Joe Chi, could could get that like a hundred by fun. So yeah, 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 yeah. there we go. Yeah, yeah James Harden, he's the guy who likes to buy some rice. We'll get into that. Yeah. AKA, Not too much Chinese at one time. We'll get into that. Draw cheap bit. fouls. So, yeah, we can. How they say here? All right, he's uh, buying rice. So fifty-six. Fifty-six. Yeah. So about the same as last year. You know, they lost depth, but I guess they did uh, add P.J. Tucker and Imba Mute. So, you know, it's almost the same team. Mm -hmm. the, the question becomes, how, how can CP3 and James Harden play together? And how yeah. long does it take? Because we're looking at over-unders here. We're not talking about playoff wins or something. We're talking right. about, you know, how long does it take them? An underachieving team that coalesces and, and has a playoff run doesn't help us for over-unders. We're looking right. at regular season wins. Yeah. How many do you so get? So can this team mesh early and off? 
I mean, I'll start with mine because I, I, I didn't, uh, I went back and forth a lot. I equivocated 56. Um, seems like a great number. You know, Vegas wins again. Uh, I have them over, but a confidence level of just one. I think they will go over. I like, I love me some regular season James Harden. Uh, I think the addition of Chris Paul will hopefully spell Harden a little bit and let him, allow him to continue to put up numbers. I love that P.J. Tucker addition for them, replacing yeah. some of their lost depth with a, a real tough identity-bringing player. Um, you know, replacing some of what you lose with Patrick Beverly and his attitude, almost like, almost like a less over the top Patrick Beverly, uh, mm. yeah, um, with uh, with PJ Tucker uh, on that team. So I really really like that addition on their team. Um, and I think the point guard, Chris Paul. You look at you know what he was able to do, and and you know we think about the big three that existed in Clipperland for a long time, and you kind of realize like the, you know that. Um, the, you know, the big three not necessarily always ideally suited to play together, especially Blake and DeAndre. Right. What made it work, what made them tick, was, was Chris Paul. Um, and, his, and his exceptional play on both ends of the court is exceptional defense. Uh, perimeter defense is going to replace a lot of what uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, losing Patrick Beverly, has lost them. Uh, maybe having a high-profile player who works his butt off on that end of the court will inspire James Harden yeah. to, to work hard on the defensive end. I don't have very, very, very strong opinions about this team either way in terms of the regular season. I'm really interested to watch their games and learn more. I went over with confidence level of one. But I like that point that uh, now that James Harden's not the alpha on this team, you know, it's his team, he's the, the face of the franchise, mm. but who, who demands respect, who's talking in the huddle, that's, that's Chris Paul. And so I do like that as a way of rubbing off on Harden in a positive way. Looking at their starting lineup, you know, CP, Harden, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, and Clint Capella, there are some question marks. And then you go to their bench. You have uh, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Mba Mute, and May, May Biner Nene. I never knew he had a first name. I thought it was only Nene, but apparently his name is May Biner Nene. So, <laughs> That's that's their five. I, I, I kind of question where's the offense gonna come, you know? Where's like where's the? I mean, you have offense and Eric Gordon, of course, but like yeah. you know, where's that roundedness gonna come? You have Nene, Mbamute, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon coming off the bench. Like, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of questions with this team, and mm-hmm. I, I could see this team kind of uh, having a lot of problems and and losing a lot of close games to bad teams. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like they could. Maybe get get some good leads, but then when uh, their starters rest, they they give it all back. Right. Yeah. I, I can really see that from this team. So I'm actually gonna go under, but you know, it's too much talent, and the right at the number they were last year. So I'm gonna go under. Confidence mm-hmm. level one. Yeah. This could be one of the. Um. I mean, if you see this team, if they win close to sixty games, you got to start thinking about uh, D'Antoni. For, you know, and if you're looking at coach of the year odds or something like that, that that might be a name that you want to look at because the way he manages the minutes. For Paul and Harden, two big ego, high-profile players. I mean, we're looking right now at the point guard depth. There is no one behind. There's no one behind Paul. Isaiah Tyler, Bobby Brown, uh, and, and Jackson. Um, you know, of course, Harden was the point guard. Exactly. Time, so, 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 so it, it, that immediately comes into play in terms of managing their minutes. You have to stagger their minutes. You have to get them to accept uh, one of those guys sitting down earlier in the game than they are used to. Uh, and, and I, I think potentially that could be Harden sitting down and then having Gordon come in with Chris Paul because that's a guy who's going to benefit, you know, a spot-up shooter going to benefit from playing with, with, uh, with Chris Paul, whereas Harden can come in and run the point against second units. Yeah. Is he going to accept that kind of role? I think that that would probably be more beneficial for their team. 
Um, so, yeah, managing those egos, managing these strong, strong personalities. Chris Paul, not notoriously a very coach-friendly player, <laughs> you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's the general on the floor himself, uh, is going to be an amazing, and, uh, and, and, and so Mike D'Antoni's performance, a guy who's kind of struggled to manage big egos, see Carmelo in New York, uh, is going to be... Or uh, Dwight Howard in L.A. Yeah, well, managing anyone managing Dwight Howard anywhere. I mean, I'll give him a pass on that one. <laughs> I'll give him a pass on that one. Fair enough. Uh, so, but uh, been tra- incredibly interesting team to watch. God, the yeah. Western Conference is so fun to watch this year. I know. I, I, so I have a question, a takeaway from this team. Mm. After Carmelo got traded to Oklahoma City Thunder, I started to think they really stole, no pun intended, Chris Paul's thunder as we're gonna we're not going to we're not going to run from Golden State. We're mm-hmm. actually gonna do the opposite. We're gonna we'll trade your assets, get me there. I'll be there for one year. Risk profile. But, so okay, so <laughs> I'll say Chris Paul is a big loser this summer. Okay. A big loser of the summer. I think he thought they were going to be the, the number two team to come in and mm-hmm. we, we got all this talent, we can we can hang with Golden State. But I think in most people's opinion and especially the public perception Oklahoma City now is better than Houston. That's one thing that was interesting to listen to in the in the recent round of pods. There haven't been many out, uh, on the ringer. Kevin O'Connor and uh, and Chris Vernon breaking it down. Uh, I believe I don't want to misquote him, but I believe O'Connor was talking about it. They, they they still like the OKC at the four seed, way less high on the Thunder than maybe other sources that I've seen have been. So that's interesting. I think there's generally the consensus the Golden State is going to be the number one seed, and then the the two through four in some order of Thunder, um, Spurs, and Rockets seems. Very up in the air to certain prognosticators, whereas uh, I feel like there's a little line of demarcation, so I, I don't know. It's very but, interesting. I mean, like, in the public perception. Certainly, you yeah. Know, these players are really, like, plugged into, like, you know, their friends and family are telling so, them yeah. that they know what's going on social media. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, we got this super team in Houston. Like, what's going to happen when they Great play Great point, great State? point, yeah. And I was like, OK City is that team. And yeah. Houston's almost like an also rent. Yeah, at this point, that's a great point. It's a great point because, I mean, Chris Paul was the first of those big stars to make this move. And, it was a uh, bold yeah, move. It was a it big move. Balls. It was a big move. And, and and the way he did it, too, though, was very, uh, I mean, we could talk about this for a long time, I guess. But it's very interesting. You you, you know, he was traded, uh, but it was very clear, you know, because he could have left in free agency. It was very clear that he that he, 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 in some way, kind of helped the Clippers by engineering the trade out of there. So it was a more of a win-win for both of the teams rather than coldly leaving the, the Clippers with nothing. Um, and, you know, certainly not the path that, you know, you look at the, the package they received for Chris Paul. When you talk about the two players this offseason who've actually, who actually were traded for packages that seem somewhat fair. Paul and Kyrie. And Paul and Kyrie. And then, you know, you've got, you know, the, the Oklahoma Sam Presti just swindling people left and right. I mean, the, it's the Knicks and the Pacers, so you're playing with in the kids' pool anyway. But I mean, so like, I, so very, very interesting. Yeah, you're right. He did, he made this move early. It was a trade rather than a free agency signing. So you kind of look. People were looked at winners of losers when they talk about trades, rather than focusing just on the the new team picking up a guy as a free agent signing. So yeah, very and also, interesting. Carmelo was supposed to come to Houston. That yep. was that was the plan all summer. That you know they were in negotiations for a month trying to figure out how to make it work. Woody Mello, get him in there. This yeah. was like the whole plan. And then instead of coming to his team, he actually went to. Uh, a, 
a peer team, a yeah. same level team, and made them probably a direct better. Direct competitor, yeah, a for direct sure. Competitor. Interesting. Point, so. What's interesting is you people would talk for a long time about like there's no way the Knicks would take on that Ryan Anderson contract, and they take then they take Kenneth it. Cantor. It's just like well, it's like the Knicks are like, oh, you think we won't take Ryan Anderson's contract? We'll show you what contract we'll take. We'll call give, him us, give, give us Cantor. Can we still get Oladipo? No, he's too late. All right, never mind. We'll just take Cantor and Dougie McBuckets. Give give, give us a late. First round now. Give us a second round. <laughs> Don't tell us what the Knicks won't take. That's amazing. Oklahoma City got Paul George and Carmelo. They didn't give up a single first round pick. A single first round pick or a single player that, like, again, like you go back to, uh, you know, Zach Lowe talked about it in the middle of summer. If you somehow figured out a way to salary dump Oladipo, they would have been like, nice, smart, good move. You got rid of your Oladipo contract. Same thing for Canner. Oh, that unplayable guy who you're paying $18 million next year. Nice way to unload. <laughs> and they got two fantastic, you know, I think, excellent players for the team. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, this part one has, got, has gone uh, as already going. We only, we're only through the first five teams in the Western Conference. So much to talk about in the West. Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a three-parter. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. This has been Dunk You Very Much. We're going to come back to you with part two of our Western Conference over-unders. All right, talk to you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.